Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the History of Birdland podcast. I am your host, Andy Snakowski, Andy Snacks on Twitter, S-N-A-K-S. And this is episode nine today, so almost the double digits. I want to thank everyone, as always, who is listening to the podcast. Always appreciate the support. And again, like I said, we will be doing weekly episodes at a more regular basis. I know I've had a couple of lulls here and there, but we'll be doing weekly episodes more often. And today I'm excited because this is one of those shows where I'm covering something that I wasn't alive for. So this is always exciting because you get to go back and look at something that you've always heard about, but really didn't dive too much into. And today it's the 1969 American League Championship Series couple reasons I'm covering this. Obviously, it's the History of Birdland podcast, so it has to do with the Orioles doing something in this 1969 American League Championship Series. But it's also because it's the first ever American League Championship Series. This was actually the first year that Major League Baseball decided to do a, a playoff system. Before 1969, the way that the World Series participants were determined Best record in the American League, best record in the National League. The only time there was ever like a playoff was if there was a tiebreaker. Two teams finishing with the same record, they play a one-game playoff. The winner goes to the World Series. So 1969 was the first time that they actually had a playoff system implemented, and it's kind of cool that the Orioles were one of the first teams to play in these new playoff formats. So, So the reason that Major League Baseball decided to go into this playoff format to determine who goes to the World Series is just how much the game was growing in the 60s. So in 1960, Major League Baseball just had 16 teams, eight in the American League and eight in the National League. In 1961, they started their first expansion of the decade. They added two teams. Oddly enough, both teams were added to the American League. The original Washington Senators actually moved to Minnesota, so that's not a new team. That's just a team moving, and they became the Minnesota Twins. The American League, therefore, placed a new team in Washington, so there's the expansion team, and also named them the Senators. And the American League also placed a team in Los Angeles and called them the Los Angeles Angels. So starting in 1961, Major League Baseball had grown to 18 teams. In 1962, to even those numbers up, Major League Baseball added two more teams, this time to the National League. And the two teams they added were the Houston Colt 45s, who obviously would become the Astros of today, and the New York Mets. This marked the return of the National League to New York City after a four-year absence uh, after the Giants decided to move to San Francisco. So now, after 1962, 20 teams, 10 in the American League, 10 in the National League, but still the champions and the World Series was determined by whoever had the best regular season record in each league. So expansion kept was kept quiet until 1969, and it was the third expansion of the decade and the biggest. Four teams would be added to Major League Baseball with the Kansas City Royals, Montreal Expos, San Diego Padres, and the Seattle Pilots. Seattle and Kansas City in the American League, San Diego, Montreal in the National League. So now... Major League Baseball had 24 teams, 12 in each league. So they started the decade, 1960, with 16 teams. They end the decade, 1969, with 24 teams. So a lot of expansion uh, in Major League Baseball in the 1960s. So 
1969 was the first season of the divisional era. With each league expanding from 10 to 12 teams in 1969, both leagues were divided into two 16 divisions. Teams would continue to play a 162-game schedule in place since 1962, and here's how they would do it. They would play their division opponent 18 times each, so that's 90 games, and then they'd play the six teams in the other division 12 times each, which would be 72 games. 72 plus 90, 162. The winners of each division would advance to the postseason and face each other in the league championship series, which in 1969 was a best of five. So the Baltimore Orioles would be the first ever American League Eastern Division champions. The Orioles would go 109-53, and and they won the Eastern Division by a staggering 19 games. Just utter domination by the Orioles in 1969 in the regular season. The Western Division champion, the Minnesota Twins, they would they would take that division. The Twins finished with a regular season of 97 and 65, and they won the West pretty comfort comfortably as well. They won by nine games over the Oakland Athletics. And just uh, to give you a little preview of what was to come, the Orioles and the Twins again, like I just mentioned. They were in separate divisions. Obviously, they played each other 12 times in the 1969 season. The Orioles would win that season series eight games to four. So let's get right into it. The very first American League Championship Series. Game one would be held on October 4th, 1969 in Baltimore. Uh, Just real quick, how they would do the format in this American League Championship Series 2-2-1. So the home, the uh, team with the best record, the Orioles, hosts the first two games. The next two games would be in Minnesota, and then Game Five, if necessary, would go back to Baltimore. So Game One, October Fourth, nineteen sixty nine, Memorial Stadium, the Orioles and the Twins. Here's the starting lineups for the two teams in that game. First for the Minnesota Twins, Cesar Tovar, uh, leading off and playing center field. Rod Carew batting second, playing second base. Harmon Killebrew. The 1969 American League MVP, uh, by the way, is batting third, playing third base. Tony Olivia batting fourth, playing right field. Bob Allison batting fifth and playing left field. Rich Reese batting sixth and playing first base. Leo Cardenas batting seventh, playing shortstop. George Mitterwald catching and batting eighth. And remember, no DH back then, so Jim Perry is pitching for the Minnesota Twins and batting ninth for the American League Eastern Division champion Orioles. Don Buford leads it off playing left field. Paul Blair, center field, batting second. Frank Robinson batting third, playing right field. Boog Powell batting fourth and playing first base. He finished second in the 1969 American League League MVP voting. So the two top MVP vote-getters in today's lineup. Brooks Robinson batting fifth. Playing third, Elrod Hendricks batting sixth, playing catcher. Davey Johnson batting seventh, playing second base. Mark Belanger batting eighth and playing shortstop. And then Mike Cuellar would get the ball today for the Orioles, and he'd be batting ninth and pitching. Uh, so here's here's how the game starts. First couple innings pretty quiet on both sides until the bottom of the fourth inning after a line out by Paul Blair, Frank Robinson homers. Uh, to give the Orioles the early one nothing lead. The Twins would not wait long before they respond. In the top of the fifth inning, Tony Olivia doubles to right field. He would advance the third on a throwing error. 
Bob Allison comes up. He lines out the left field, but apparently deep enough to score the run, and the Twins tie it up at 1-1 in the top of the fifth. Bottom of the fifth, the Orioles respond just as quickly as the Twins do. A pop fly by Elrod Hendricks uh, for the first out, a ground out by Davey Johnson, and then another solo home run. This time, it is Mark Belanger, and he gives the Orioles a 2-1 to lead in the bottom of the fifth inning. So again, after a little back and forth there, top of the sixth, bottom of the sixth, nothing doing for either team. Top of the seventh for the Twins, Rod Carew leads it off with a strikeout, a walk by Harmon Killebrew, and Antonio Livia, home run, a two-run shot, gives the Twins their first lead of the day, 3-2 to two in the top of the seventh. So nothing would happen until the Orioles' last chance of the day. Bottom of the ninth inning, the Orioles down 3-2, to two, needing a run to tie, and they don't waste any time doing it. Boog Powell with a home run to right center field. Game is tied at three apiece, so we are going to extra innings. 10th inning and 11th inning, nothing doing. Top of the 12th, the Twins go down pretty quietly. And then in the bottom of the 12th, the Orioles try to send this one home. Mark Belanger singles to start the inning, an infield single. And then Andy Echebaron, he bunts to uh, advance the runner to second, Belanger. And then a ground out by Don Buford. Belanger goes to third. And then Paul Blair wins the game on an infield bunt single. So so just so just think about this this bottom of the 12th inning for the Orioles. No ball got out of the infield. Belanger infield single. Andy Etchebaron bunt. Don Buford ground out to short. And then Paul Blair bunt single run scores game over. So the Orioles won the game without hitting a ball out of the infield and they take game 1 of the American League Championship Series, 4-3. to three. Let's look at some of the stats from this game. First, uh, some hitting stats. Not much to talk about when you when you uh, look at the Twins. Uh, Tony Olivia had a good day, 2-for-5 with two runs, two RBIs. He had the home run that gave the Twins the lead in the seventh inning. But other than that, only two other hits. That's it. Rod Carew had one of them, and then pinch hitter Tony Ulanda. Uh, had the other hit. So only a four-hit day for the Minnesota Twins. As for the Orioles, Brooks Robinson had a very nice day, four for five. Although he didn't score any runs or drive any, any in any runs, he still had four hits. Boog Powell, uh, two for five, had that solo home run in the ninth inning to four sector innings. Frank Robinson, only one hit, but it was a home run earlier in the game. Mark Belanger also with that home run in the middle of the game, uh, two for five. Two runs scored and an RBI. As for the pitching stats in game one, for the Twins, uh, Ron Perry, the starting pitcher, pitched eight innings, uh, gave up six hits, three runs, all of them earned, three walks, three strikeouts, but did give up three home runs. Uh, For the Orioles, the starting pitcher, Mike Cuellar, eight innings as well, so both starting pitchers did their jobs. Cuellar gave up three hits, three runs, two of them earned, one walk, struck out seven uh, on the day, and Dick Hall would wind up getting the win for the Orioles, pitching the last two-thirds of an inning. So the Orioles would take game one of the American League Championship Series 4-3. to three. So let's go on to game two of the American League Championship Series. Would be, it would be played the very next day, October 5th, 1969, again at Memorial Stadium. Like I mentioned earlier, 2-2-1 was the format. 
Let's look at the Twins lineup for today for game two. Again, Cesar Tovar leading off playing center. Rod Carew second, playing second. Uh, Harmon Killebrew batting third, playing third. Tony Olivia batting fourth. Bob Allison batting fifth. Rich Reese batting sixth. George Mitterwald batting seventh. Leo Cardenas batting eighth. And Dave Boswell pitching and batting ninth. So doesn't look or sound like a lot of changes in the Twins lineup. As for the Orioles, Don Buford leading off, Paul Blair batting second, Frank Robinson batting third, Boog Powell batting fourth, Brooks Robinson batting fifth, Davey Johnson batting sixth, Mark Belanger batting seventh, and Andy Echebaron is catching today batting eighth, Dave McNally pitching for the Orioles and batting ninth. The only change I see in the Orioles lineup is the change in catcher. Uh, it was uh, Elrod Hendricks playing in game one, Andy Echebaron gets to start here in game two. So not a lot going on in this game. There are <laughs> zero runs scored in the first three innings, zero runs scored from four to six, zero runs scored from seven to nine. So great pitching in game two. We go nine innings and we are tied 0 0. So let's go into the top of the 10th for the Twins. Dave McNally is still pitching. Top of the 10th inning, the starting pitcher for the Orioles is still pitching. George Mitterwald strikes out. Leo Cardenas strikes out. Dave Boswell strikes out. So Dave McNally still pitching in the 10th inning, strikes out the side from the Twins. Bottom of the 10th, the Orioles didn't really fare much better. Don Buford, again, Dave Boswell, he was the starting pitcher for the Twins. So what a tremendous pitching matchup in this game. Don Buford, ground out. Paul Blair, fly out, Frank Robinson, strike out, end of the 10th. Top of the 11th, guess what? Dave McNally's still pitching. He runs into a little bit of trouble here, but he gets out of it. So Cesar Tovar flies out, Rod Carew grounds out, but then he walks Harmon Killebrew and Tony Olivia back-to-back, but then gets Bob Allison to line out, and the inning is over. Bottom of the 11th. Dave Boswell still pitching. So both starting pitchers pitching into the 11th inning of this game. That's unheard of. You would never see that happen in today's baseball. So Boog Powell would lead off the inning with a walk. Brooks Robinson would bunt and sacrifice himself to get Powell to second. Davey Johnson, an intentional walk. So there's runners on first and second, only one out. Mark Belanger pops out foul ball so there's two outs this is when the twins take out their starting pitcher ron peronoski comes in for dave boswell kurt motten will come up to the plate and he singles to right field boog pal scores and for the second consecutive game the orioles win in extra innings this time it's a one nothing win and the orioles take a commanding two nothing lead in the series Let's look at some of the stats in this game. Hitting-wise, you're not going to see a lot of good numbers. For the Twins, they had four hits in game one. They got worse in game two. They only had three hits, and the three hits were George Mitterwald, Tony Olivia, who had a good game one, and Cesar Tovar. That's it. Three hits from the Minnesota Twins. Let's look at some of the batting averages of these guys uh, after two games. Cesar Tovar just hitting 111. Rod Carew. Hitting 111. Harmon Killebrew, the 1969 American League MVP, zero. Hasn't gotten a hit yet in the first two games of the series. Tony Olivia is really the only Minnesota twin hitting respectably a 333 average after two games. 
For the Orioles, they didn't do much better, to be honest. But uh, Davey Johnson, two for four. Brooks Robinson, two for four after a really good game one. He went four for five in game one. Boog Powell, one for three. And Frank Robinson, two for five. That's it. Uh, eight hits for the Orioles in this day. So uh, not a lot going on. But let's let's go to the starting pitchers. So <laughs> just tremendous lines here. Dave Boswell, the hard luck loser for the Minnesota Twins, pitched 10 and two-thirds innings, seven hits, one earned run. Remember, he was responsible for the guys who, who uh, the guys on base in the bottom of the 11th when Boog Powell scored. That was his responsibility. So it goes to him. He struck out four, had a .84 ERA for this game. And then Dave McNally, 11 innings pitched. Three hits, zero runs. He did walk five, but he struck out 11. Just a tremendous performance by Dave McNally here in game two. And the Orioles, as I said, take it one to nothing in game two. So game three, no day off in between for travel. So the Orioles and Minnesota Twins would go game three, played on October 6, 1969 in uh, Metropolitan Stadium. They had not moved into the Metrodome yet. Uh, so, so an outdoor stadium in Minnesota in October. I'm sure that was fun. Uh, so the Orioles would go, and if they win this game, they uh, end the 1969 American League Championship Series. But let's look at the start at the starting lineups today for Game Three. A couple changes uh, for the Orioles. Actually, just the one they just they they swapped the catchers in and out. So Don Buford will lead off Paul Blair batting second, Frank Robinson batting third, Boog Powell batting fourth, Brooks Robinson batting fifth, Davey Johnson batting sixth, Elrod Hendricks batting seventh, Mark Belanger batting eighth, and Jim Palmer will get the start today for the Orioles uh, in game three. For the Twins, a couple changes because obviously they're not hitting very well. Uh, Ted Ulander uh, leads off and plays left field. Rod Carew batting second, Tony Olivia batting third, Harmon Killebrew batting fourth. Rich Reese batting fifth, Cesar Tovar batting sixth, John Roseborough batting seventh, Leo Cardenas batting eighth, and Bob Miller gets the start today for the Twins, and he's pitching and batting ninth. So let's get into what happens in this game. The Twins actually get off to a good start after the Orioles do nothing in the top of the first. Bottom half of the first inning, Ted Ulander uh, grounds out Rod Carew grounds out but then Tony Olivia having a really good series he doubles a wild pitch by Jim Palmer advances Olivia to third uh, Harmon Killebrew then gets intentionally walked Rich Reese would come up and single to center field and it would give the twins a early one nothing lead in the bottom of the first uh, but that lead would not hold up and it would not be a good rest of the day for the Minnesota twins as we're about to go through Top of the second inning for the Orioles, Brooks Robinson leads it off with a double to left field. Davey Johnson would then reach on an error. Robinson the third, so runners on the corners, nobody out. Elrod Hendricks comes up. He doubles the center field. Both Robinson and Davey Johnson score. Hendricks would actually go to third on an error, so it's 2-1 to one Orioles now. And then later on in the inning, after two straight outs, uh, Don Buford singled to left field. Hendricks would then score, and the Orioles take a 3-1 to one lead after the top of the second uh, bottom of the second pretty quiet the third inning nothing happening we go to the top of the fourth still three to one orioles mark belanger leads off the inning with a triple jim palmer strikes out don buford walks 
And then Paul Blair comes up, doubles to left field. Belanger and Buford both score. And the Orioles take a 5-1 to one lead here in the top of the fourth inning. The Twins can't respond here in the bottom half of the fourth inning. Nothing doing for the Orioles in the fifth. The Twins try to chip away at that lead in the bottom of the fifth. A ground out by Rod Carew to start the inning. Olivia strikes out. Harmon Killebrew then doubles to center field. And Rich Reese singles him in. And the Twins cut the lead down to 5-2 to two after five innings. Top of the sixth inning uh, for the Orioles, a fly out by Jim Palmer. Buford then doubles. Blair singles, but Buford doesn't score, which is, yeah, I guess the 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 single wasn't very hard hit because Buford is a pretty speedy guy. Uh, but then Frank Robinson comes up. He singles. Buford would score to make the lead 6-2 to two Orioles in the top of the sixth inning. Bottom of the sixth, nothing doing for the Twins. Top of the seventh, same for the Orioles, nothing. Bottom of the seventh, Twins go down one, two, three. Top of the eighth inning, uh, Jim Palmer would lead off with a strikeout. Don Buford would single to center. Paul Blair comes up and hits a home run, a two-run shot to make it eight to two Orioles. The next three hitters for the Orioles, two would line out, one would single. The inning is over, uh, eight to two Baltimore bottom of the eighth the twins can't respond and then we go into the ninth inning and the Orioles just continue to tack it on Davey Johnson leads off the inning with a single Elrod Hendricks would double Johnson would score and then Hendricks actually scored because of a throwing error so now it's 10 to 2 Orioles Mark Belanger would single Jim Palmer strikes out looking a fly ball fly out by Don Buford Paul Blair comes up he doubles Belanger would score it's now 11 to 2 Orioles and that's where the scoring would end so the Orioles after two extra inning gritty grinded out type of wins game 3 was a no doubter 11 to 2 the Orioles would win the game and the series at three game sweep over the Minnesota Twins take a look at a couple of the stats in this game and then we'll look at some stats throughout the series as well Hitting-wise for the Twins, they had a better day hitting to in this game. They actually had more hits in this game than the first two games combined. They had 10 hits in this game. Rich Reese, two for four, uh, two RBIs. Harmon Killebrew finally got his first hit of the series, but he only hit 125 in the series. Uh, he was one for three with a run scored. Tony Olivia had a hit in every game. He was two for four in game three with run, one run scored. Uh, Leo Cardenas, he had a two-hit day as well for the Twins, but just not enough. Uh, for the Orioles, they're easily their best day of the series. Hitting-wise, Paul Blair had a monster day. Five for six with five RBIs, one run scored. Don Buford, four for five, three runs scored, one RBI. Frank Robinson, only one hit, but he drove in a run. Boog Powell, two for five. Brooks Robinson, one for five. Davey Johnson, one for four. Elrod Hendricks, two for three with two runs scored and three RBIs. Mark Belanger, two for five. Every Oriole in the lineup in game three had a hit, except for the pitcher, Jim Palmer. As for the pitchers in the game, Palmer might not have been able to get a hit during the game, but on the mound, he was perfect, almost. Did pitch nine innings, gave up 10 hits, two runs. Both of them earned two two walks, four strikeouts, and finished the day with a two ERA. 
Bob Miller, the starting pitcher for the Twins, did not have a good day. One and two-thirds, five hits, three runs, one of them earned. The pitcher right after him, Dick Woodson, he didn't do much better. An inning and two-thirds as well. Three hits, two runs, two of them earned. Just not a good day for the Twins, and they would lose this series three games to none. Looking at some of the stats uh, for the entire series, for the Orioles, some of the better batting numbers for them. Brooks Robinson had a really good series, 7 for 14 with one one run and uh, no RBIs, but uh, seven hits is pretty good. Paul Blair, 6 for 15, six RBIs and one run scored. Boog Powell, who we mentioned, finished second in the MVP voting in 1969, 5 for 13, two runs and uh, one home run, one RBI. Elrod Hendricks had a nice little series, too. He uh, two for eight, two runs, three RBIs. Twins-wise, like I said, not not a very good series. The highest batting average for guys who didn't have who own, who had more than one at bat because there were two Twins players who only had one at bat and they got a hit. Tony Olivia, he had a really good series, five for thirteen, uh, three runs scored, one home run, two RBIs. But then after that, Johnny Roseboro hit two hundred. Uh, Rich Reese hit 167, Ted Ulander 167, Leo Cardenas 154, George Mitterwald 143, Harmon Killebrew, the 1969 American League MVP, only hit 125, Rod Carew hit 071, he only had one hit in the three games in the series. Uh, Some of the pitching standouts, uh, first for the Orioles, Mike Cuellar, he pitched one, he had the one start. Pitched eight innings, gave up three runs on three hits. Dave McNally, he pitched that 11-inning complete game, gave up no runs, uh, struck out 11. And, of course, Jim Palmer pitched the clincher, nine innings, two runs, two earned, and four strikeouts. For the for the Twins pitching, for the most part, their pitchers didn't do bad either. Dave Boswell was the one who pitched in game two and pitched 10 and two-third innings. Seven hits, one earned run, seven strikeouts. Jim Perry pitched game one, pitched eight innings, uh, gave up six hits, three runs, all of them earned. Uh, Some of their bullpen guys did not pitch very well at all. Dean Chance uh, had a 13-5-0 ERA, pitched two innings, four hits, three runs, all of them earned. Dick Woodson, only an inning in the third, but he gave up three hits, two runs, both of them earned. Uh, Bob Miller had a 5-4-0 ERA. So some of the Twins pitchers did not pitch very well at all <laughs> in in that series. And the Orioles, even though it was a three-game sweep, it was a pretty competitive series. Like they, The first two games went into extra innings and were one-run wins for the Orioles. But the Orioles win a very historic first-ever 1969 American League Championship Series. On the other side, the New York Mets the Miracle Mets of 1969, and we will talk about the other part of this as well, the 1969 World Series, but the Mets with a shocking sweep over the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS, that would mean a matchup in the World Series against the Orioles, the very heavily favored Baltimore Orioles, and the Mets won four games to one in one of the biggest upsets in World Series history. So, We'll talk about that on another day, and but let's ha- let's end this on a happy note. The Orioles, a dominant 1969 season. They won 109 games, 
first ever Eastern Division champions, first ever American League Championship Series, and first ever American League Championship Series winners. So a really good 1969. Didn't have the ending that everybody hoped it would it would be, but still a really good season for the Orioles. And I hope you enjoyed listening to this show. And I, I really like going through these older uh, games and series and players because it's not something I've seen the videos, I've seen the highlights, but it's not something I lived through. So it's always cool to go back and, and look at this and see what happened back in 1969. Some of the best baseball the Orioles have ever played in their franchise history. So it's really cool to go back and look at that. So I want to thank you all for listening next week. I think what I'm going to do, I haven't decided yet, but I think what I'm going to do since next week is episode number 10, the episode will be a player profile and who else to do on episode 10, but the guy who wore number 10, at least the guy who wore number 10 when I was watching the Orioles and that's Adam Jones. So Adam Jones, I think, is going to be my episode next week. If I change my mind, you'll know when I do the next episode. So how about that? So, again, thanks for listening. Here's all the socials. Andy Snacks is my personal Twitter, A-N-D-Y-S-N-A-K-S. Birdland History on Twitter is the show page. Historyofbirdland at gmail.com if you want to email the show. Again, I want to thank everyone for the support. Thank you for listening. And again, I will be with you next week. Episode number 10. We'll talk about my favorite number 10, and that's Adam Jones. Thanks for listening.